Welcome to the Blue Room Podcast, an intimate space where we explore ourselves, our lives, and our relationships more deeply through therapeutic conversation. I'm your host, Fantana Shatamsa, and I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you. Oh, man. Sorry, I had to get that out. It's been a long time, guys. It's been a really long time since I've recorded and since we've been on this podcast. And so much has happened. And the last little bit of 2023 really humbled me. And I I thought I figured things out and I thought I knew things. And, you know, I was... I was um, feeling like, yeah, you know, I've I've solved some some cycles. I've broken some cycles. I've I've solved some solved some problems, and like the end of last year just went totally to the left. And so, had to take a break from the podcast um, and figure some stuff out. But now we're here, and I'm so excited to share a bit of this like new level of, of healing and the new things that I've learned in that time. Um, but full disclaimer, this healing process never ends. And it's and I'm just going to keep messing up and making mistakes and things are going to keep blowing up. <laughs> and that's just how life is. And I'm going to continue to be open and share with you guys as I grow and heal. And hopefully that will be an inspiration and a motivation to you guys to know that, you know, life is never perfect and we never have things figured out. Um, but you just really kind of have to keep rolling with the punches and being open to the lessons and being open to growth. So that year really humbled me the end of last year. Um, and we'll get into that as the episode goes on. Um, but I'm really excited for season two really excited to dive deeper into healing, dive deeper into ourselves, dive deeper into the questions and the issues that sometimes we try to avoid. Um, And through this season two, I'm also on my personal healing journey, going through therapy, continuing to um, pour into myself and my wellness practices. Um, I'm out here really practicing what I preach, even though life is not perfect and things go up and down. I try to be consistent with my wellness, going to the gym, drinking my water, drinking my smoothies, um, and being as authentic as I can. So um, for this season, you can expect to see new guests, new topics, new conversations, Um, And if you feel like there's something that you want to share or you have an area of expertise um, that you want to bring onto the show and and talk about and explore and educate us on, please do. Please send me a DM, reach out, and we'd love to have you on. (sighs) All right. So first things first, before we dive into the nitty gritty of the episode... Um, we're going to pull from this deck like we always do. And my son and I were doing this yesterday. 
and we pulled some <laughs> pretty funny cards. <laughs> He's here in the room off to the side. Um, we pulled some pretty funny cards and, and it's really interesting doing this with a teenager because you think that there's not much that you have in common with your teenage child and then you start getting into these like deep adult conversations and then you're kind of surprised at what they know and what, <laughs> what you didn't think that they would know. So um, I'm excited uh, to keep playing this game with them. But for today, I'm gonna pull from this deck just to start this off for us. Ooh, chow. Okay. What are the subjects you avoid talking about and why? <laughs> what are the subjects I avoid talking about? I think I'm pretty transparent um, for the most part. But you know, there's a real difference. There's levels to transparency. Like, I think I'm always on Instagram and I, and I have this podcast and I talk about deep stuff. But there is really a lot that I don't share. And I think um, one of them for sure is like dating and relationships and you know people that or experiences that I have while dating and experiences that I have in relationships and how you know I don't know if I mean if you know anything about astrology when I what, what I'm about to say will make sense but my house of relationships is in um in the seventh house is in Scorpio and Scorpio is the sign of depth and intensity and darkness <laughs> and I know that it's not really my brand but when it comes to relationships there's a lot of intensity a lot of turmoil a lot of um challenge and disruption and uh toxicity <laughs> to be honest um but in that um there is, there is an intensity and a depth that not every person is willing to go into, whereas I am actually a very deep person and, and sometimes I think I bring a lot of intensity to relationships. Um, and not only is my relationship house in Scorpio, but the planet Pluto is in there and the planet Pluto is about destruction. <laughs> And I'm sitting here laughing through it because I think humor helps me cope with a lot of stuff. Um, but the planet of destruction and renewal and transformation, and it really forces you to dig deep and figure out what your wounds are so that you can kind of have this rebirth experience. So in my relationships and in my dating experiences, I have a lot of... Uh, depth and and challenge for sure that I don't always share and sometimes the thing that you want the most like you know a, a relationship and and you know having a life partner is something that I really want but the more that you want it the further it gets away from you so it's like one of those things of like trying to maintain control and trying to release control and let things kind of flow and and go um so yeah that's something I I love talking about relationships. I love dating. I love love. I love all that stuff. But kind of getting into the depth of it 
is something that I'm not always so transparent about. But now you know. <laughs> now you pulled it out of me. So there you go. Um, all right, so let's like break it down. Let's go back, um, talk about this last year. I don't know about how y'all are doing, but like, are y'all okay? Like, is, is everybody okay? Because there's been <laughs> this really heavy energy. Are you okay? <laughs> like, it's, I'm just really curious. Like, is it just me or what's going on? Because there's been a lot of disruption. There's been a lot of breaking down of, of structures and, and things like that. And we can talk about globally you know, with the wars that are going on and politics and things like that. But it's also, I think, a reflection of what's happening internally in our lives. And we're questioning our, our own beliefs and our own systems and, and the things that we've built around us. And so all of this has been happening, starting to happen. And there was a moment where, you know, I was really in it, feeling it like, what is going on? Like, why is all this stuff crumbling at once like you can you can handle one thing like you know with the whole business thing you guys can you know go back to season one and when the business kind of uh you know we went through the rebrand we lost the commercial space had those challenges there I'm like that's pretty significant but as one person I think I can emotionally handle that but then we went through you know, on the personal side, an experience of losing our home as well. Like our, we were renting, it wasn't a purchased home, but um, we had some issues with the lease and had some issues with the landlord. And, you know, as most of you know, this province is going through a housing crisis and um, the dependability and the security and stability in housing that we used to have is not there anymore. So it's a free-for-all. And I know a lot of people that are struggling with with finding housing at this time and it doesn't matter what your you know economic status is doesn't matter you know how much money you make if you're in a partnership if you have kids whatever you know you don't have you know people are struggling to find places to live that never should be in this experience nobody should be in this have this experience but with that stereotype of you know you have a good job and you have this you should have a place to live it's not the way that it is anymore in this market so you know kind of lost the business place then lost the home base um then it just caused a lot of friction you know internally in my personal life you know when you're three months you know living with family and living with friends and you know you have kids that you know they can't be with you all the time and thankfully you know their dad stepped in and, and my family stepped in but you know, as a mom, you feel like such a failure. You're like, why can't I provide for my kids? Like, you know, you kind of go through that whole, um, those whole set of emotions. And it was three months that like, I was, you know, my suitcase was in my car and be going to stay at this person's house and this person's house, this person's house. It took three months to finally, you know, get a solid place for us to stay. Um, again, really grateful my kids always had a solid place to stay um it was just me that was floating around and um in that time of course like you know I'd, I'd see them you know every day or talk to them every day made sure that you know we still I was still caring for them because those are my kids um but you can't do it in the way that you feel like you should be doing it because you don't have that security and stability so 
that was like a complete crush like to my you know ego and and feeling like you know my my role which I take very seriously as a mom um so I had to work through that was nothing that I could have done it's just the market that we're in um got a place now and you know it's it's really good but um there's still things that that keep coming up like relationships and you know relationships with with their dads and you know relationship with my kids and there's a lot of stuff that you know personally I'm still trying to to work through and and you know as the season goes on and and I continue through therapy maybe there's things that you know I might I might share who knows I don't know um but but yeah it's just to say that like the healing and the growing and the figuring out just never stops um I think now I'm in a point where like I'm in a place of surrender I don't know if you've ever felt this but like when so much is going on at once and you just have this opportunity where you're like okay you know do I just keep fighting on every front like do I keep pushing and do I keep resisting and do I keep you know, wanting to be validated and vindicated. And, you know, I feel like I have my rights and I feel like, you know, I know what's right and my emotions are involved in things. And like keeping up that persona and keeping up that energy and that armor is so exhausting that I had to just be like, okay, you know, I just surrender. Like whatever it is, let it be. And, you know, really at the end of the day we have no control in life like life is going to you know keep it, life is just going to keep lifing like <laughs> life is just going to keep throwing curveballs and there's so many beautiful moments in life absolutely like the fact that like I felt still so protected you know I was never like on the streets I was never you know in a place where I didn't have, you know, there was always provision, there was always protection, there was always people around. And for that, I'm so grateful. Um, but life is going to keep, you know, testing and keep and keep refining us and keep, you know, challenging us. Um, and what I've really learned is that, you know, what is, what is going to be your approach? Like, are you going to keep fighting or how do you know when do you know when to fight and when to surrender it's really this like delicate it's really this delicate uh balance that we have to go through um and the way the timing of things worked out I ended up going to Ethiopia um I had this trip planned which was a bit of a work trip mostly a work trip actually and I got to see family who I haven't seen um in probably like 14 15 years and that trip as always, you know, being back in the motherland, just like, it just, like, everything you thought that you knew about life, it just, it just throws it all out the window. Like any, even as simple as traffic, like, <laughs> you think you know what traffic is and how to drive a car. And you think you know that, the, you think, you believe that there's rules of the road and you get in onto this continent and you realize it's just a whole different world. It's like Wakanda for real. Like <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's just 
it's just a whole other world. Like you cannot go in on this continent with the same perspective and the same, you know, just the same mindset as you have here. Like, you know, traffic was different, food was different, time was different, expectations, relationships, connections, interactions were so different. Um, and people keep asking, like, you know, how was your trip? What, you know, what was so great about it? Um, and I mean, I, I did a lot of beautiful things. Like, you know, I went to museums, went to parks, connected with family, got to be there for a couple of major holidays. So you see the, the whole country kind of come together um, and you see this preservation of culture and preservation of tradition um, in a place that in a country that was, you know, un really has remained untouched. It, it really has, you know, not been influenced or colonized. It's, it's been occupied, but it's never, we, we've still been able to maintain that original culture and that original tradition. And so when you're there and you're seeing people practice, uh, people speak, you're seeing, you know, the language, you're seeing the, the, the alphabet, you're seeing how, um, how the holidays are and you're seeing you know the, even the fabric of the clothes like everything is so preserved it's like you're entering this other world and it was such a beautiful and humbling um experience um and i remember just being there being like you know just coming still with my western mind and you know thinking that I was going to go in there with a plan and an agenda and an itinerary and that everything was going to go the way that I planned. And people were basically laughing at me. Like, they're like, no, you know, this, this place doesn't work like that. Like, you're not about to plan three days in advance. Like, if something's closed, something's closed. And if we can't show up, we can't show up. And if we don't have electricity, we don't have electricity. Like, <laughs> you need to just chill out and manage your expectations. Like, so I had to really just kind of come in with this like you know whatever happens happens attitude and when I tell you there's no such thing as time there like there's no such thing as time I'd, I'd be trying to meet with someone at 12 they'd be like yeah I'm gonna be there at 12 they'd be showing up at three o'clock that's three hours later as if nothing happened <laughs> as if it's not a problem and I was up since 10 and I'd be up since 10 a.m ready rushing shower planning the day and I'm there at 12 waiting you know in my in my hotel room and you know yeah it's just it's just no big deal it's no big deal they just show up and they show up and you know if things are open and things are closed so it just like it really made me observe oh sorry it really made me like think about the the kind of productivity culture that we have here and how you know if you don't if you're not producing and if you're not creating and if you're not working how you feel um, anxious and how you feel like, you know, unproductive and, and, uh, and like you were wasting your days and that doesn't exist there. So it was, it was really interesting to observe. And I think one of the most, um, one of the most personally challenging things for me was um, viewing the connections that people have with each other, which, is I found to be different than the connections that I that I have here or that I see here. Um, you know, 
I think that there is a certain depth to relationships there. Even if you don't know the person, even if it's a stranger, there is a lot that we've seen in, in terms of like poverty, in terms of people living on the streets. Um, but there is a depth when you interact with strangers that um, there is like this understanding of like mutual care and respect um, that that is deep that I think is a little bit lost here. And I think that um, we tend to keep things surface. And, and, and I'm, you know, speaking even for myself, I'm like the friendliest person in the world, but, um, you know, like, can you really depend on each other? Can you, like, do we really care for each other? You know, we're so nice, but are we actually kind? Like, you know, can I depend on someone to you know, take me in for a meal or take me into their home. Um, if someone sees me struggling on the street or, you know, what's the interaction going to be like? You know, there was there was a depth there that I believe comes from a connection to God. It's a very spiritual country, very spiritual and connected people. Um you know, everyone is fasting at the same time. Everyone is eating at the same time. Everyone is celebrating the holidays at the same time. Everything is shut down. People are marching the streets in our in our white clothes, carrying our, you know, symbols and our, you know, traditional pieces. And um, there's like such a preserved connection to God there um, that is so undisrupted and the whole country knows and it's just so understood and I think that that reflects um, in the way that people connect to each other and relate to each other and even the respect that they have for animals even the you know definitely not vegan all year round but there are times where we fast so there are times where you know we, we don't harm animals and we don't, you know, kill animals. We don't eat animals. Um, there's a time for preservation and, and that's a respect to, to the culture and to the faith. And, um, it was really beautiful. It was definitely really beautiful to see that connection. Um, and then it made me of course reflect on where's the connection here? Where's that lack of connection? Um, you know, why do we keep these walls up and where do these walls come from? Um, you know, is it is it trauma? Is it society? Is it, you know, is it experiences? Um, there is this certain wall that I think most people or some people have here. Um, and... And, and it's okay to have it, but I think sometimes what we end up doing is, you know, creating this wall and it's like, you know, we're, we're busy or we have this demand or we have this and we have this and then we're losing our connection to each other. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, some of us are sitting in a room being like, why am I here alone? Why am I feeling so disconnected? Um, and then we're expecting other people, whether it's friends or family or or, you know, someone that you're dating to start breaking down the walls. And, you know, some a lot of us are, you know, crying for, for help and crying for um, this connection. And a lot of us are struggling with mental health and things like that. But we have this wall so far built out. 
and we're just like, what is, you know, when is someone going to come in and when is someone going to know what to do to break this wall down and to connect with me? Um, and what I've really started to understand is that that breaking down of the wall it happens from the inside out. And the same walls that, and the same tools that we use to build that wall from the outside is not going to be the same that we need to break it down from the inside. So on the outside is this hardening that happens. And from the inside, what we need is a softening. And that's the only way that these walls are going to start coming down. Um, and we are just so scared. We're so scared to be vulnerable. We're so scared to take that risk of trusting someone and allowing them the opportunity to possibly hurt us. So these walls are so valid and they're a protection. Um, and they come from life and they come from lessons. And after having to be strong for so long, and after having to, you know, fight battles on your own or to heal yourself or to work through trauma and to deal with stuff, we build up these protections just like we would protect a child or a loved one. We protect and guard our hearts. <clears throat> but what ends up happening is that we end up so lonely because the thing that we want the most is for connection. We all just long for this connection and we want for these walls to be broken down so bad, but we're so scared of the hurt and to be vulnerable and to have trust broken again and to be rejected and to be, you know, violated or, you know, all these terrible really big emotions and not to say that someone will do them intentionally but that's the risk that comes with loving and trusting and sometimes for some of us it's not worth the risk so we keep these walls up and we keep our expectations so high that no one can come in there's there's not even an opportunity for that hurt to happen and so this kind of like self-sabotaging continues where we just keep people at a distance and we keep, you know, ourselves protected. Oh, guys. And I think that was probably the biggest thing. And these walls come up in terms of expectations for other people, um, demands that we put on other people, um, just unrealistic. Like we're we're setting the bar so high for ourselves and for other people and expecting people not to be human and make mistakes and you know and it comes with trust and distrust and things like that but you know we're kind of missing this human connection at the same time uh, we're longing for it so much i think every person is really longing for it um and, and what's happening is we're, we're waiting for someone else to, to reach in and break that down. And what needs to be happening, again, is from the inside. It's from the inside out. Um, I don't know if that's resonating with anybody. Um, 
just seeing what else I wanted to chat about. Another thing that I realized, you know, since going through those challenges and being back home and just coming back even and taking time to reintegrate um, into the business and into uh, my work life and into my relationships is that things really take time for me. And I don't know if anybody relates to this. I think some of us like to jump in both feet 100%, but some of us need to take our time and to really you know, build things authentically. Um, and it's a struggle when you live in a in a society or in a culture that values productivity and, and speed and instant gratifi gratification and, you know, we need to move so fast. Um, I think the challenge has been to um, slow down and to, you know, really value your time, make, make time for what counts. Um, a lot of us, every single one of us actually have the same amount of time but we don't have a lot of time because it's it's being it's in demand whether it's you know through through work or through projects or through children or through family um we don't have time we really don't have time but what we can do is make time for what's important um we can take the time that we have and carve time out for what we're passionate about or what's important to us. Um, you know, I've slowed down a lot. I think, you know, in last year, anything that was offered up, whether an event, whether a project, whether a program, whether an opportunity, I was taking every single thing. And then I was so busy with my little pot of time that I wasn't making time for the things that actually mattered. And so on New Year's, I didn't do any resolutions. I didn't even actually, I was out for New Year's in Addis Ababa, but I didn't, it didn't even clue in, I didn't even clue in that it was a new year until like February. <laughs> so I was still processing so much um, and doing my own self-reflecting. But on New Year's, I didn't do New Year's resolutions this year. What I did was write a list of what makes me happy. And I decided to make a commitment to do more of that, to spend more time doing that. So, you know, when someone says to me, like, you know, I don't have time, we all, we all have time. We all have time to do what we want. And if you're, you know, and if you're choosing not to spend your time on that thing, that's fine. And I respect that. If I'm, you know, hosting something or offering something and someone says to me, I don't have time to, to, to do that, I totally respect that. Um, I, nobody owes me their time. And I don't owe anybody my time either. Um, and it's really important for us to realize that and, and to make that a priority because our time is so precious. Um, but it's important for us as individuals to make sure that we know when to say, I don't have time and when to make time. Because if, if, you know, for example, my son is 
you know, really missing me and he wants to spend time with me, which never happens. He's 13, by the way, <laughs> just using this as an example. Um, I can have an event, I can have a commitment, I can have, you know, all this stuff. So technically I don't have time. If he calls me up last minute, hey mom, I want to, you know, do this and whatever. Um, technically I don't have time, but what's important to me? I have the time, really. It's just somewhere else. Can I make time? Can I pull time away from something else and bring it over here? Um, and some people are not worth it to make the time for. If someone's asking me for, for my time and I tell you I don't have time, I, I don't have time for you and I don't have time for what you're asking me for. But do I actually have time? I do have time, but it's somewhere else. And my time somewhere else could also just be me chilling at home doing nothing because that's also important to me sometimes because I need to replenish and recharge. Um, but I, I always, you know, find it funny or interesting when someone says like, you know, I don't have time. Um, and then, you know, you start to realize it's not that they don't have time, it's that they're not making time for you. And it goes both ways. If I say, you know, I don't have time. Y'all know right now that I have time because I know you have time. We all have time. But what are we actually making the time for? And, and I have so much respect for people when they say, I don't have time or I can't commit to that right now because I know that they're prioritizing something that is really important to them that I don't own. I have no right to someone's time. Um, so that's probably one of the biggest things that, that I'm learning. And, you know, if you have friends, for example, that you're like, you know, they're, they're never, you know, making time for me or they're not, you're, they're not doing this or whatever. Um, just know that they, you know, they have time. Your, your, your people have time. The people that you're talking to have time. Your family has time. They're just not making time for you. And then at that point, you know, you have to make the decision. Because at the end of the day, our time is spent doing what's important to us. So if you say, you know, I really love this person, you know, I want to see this person more or, you know, this person means a lot to me, but you're not really giving them your time, how important are they to you really? Or how much of a priority are they on your priority list? And if they're not, that's okay. And at that point, you know, we have to make the decision of what's tolerable. So if I'm expecting someone to make time for me and they're always busy, I respect you and I understand that life is busy and you might have work and you might have this and you might have that, but I also have to honor what's tolerable and acceptable to me and my expectations. So I respect that you don't have time for me um, in this moment. But if it's, you know, repetitive and things like that, you might not get the same amount of invitations or you might not get the same amount of access or you might not get the same amount of my time and my attention. I think that that's pretty normal of, you know, a self-respecting person to do unless you know you just are the most forgiving and patient and 
and tolerable person in the world. And if you are, that's totally okay. Some of us can't, <laughs> you know, roll like that. Um, everyone's expecta- everyone's expectations and boundaries and what they can tolerate is different. And, you know, if you're my friend or if you're someone that I'm dating and I keep asking you to show up or respond or reach out or communicate or be a part of what's important to me in my life or, you know, make this time for me um, and you continuously cannot, I respect that. I totally respect that. But at the same time, um, my what I'm prioritizing, where I'm spending my time is going to change. And if, you know, take it out of dating and take it out of friendships, you know, parents who have kids and we're all guilty of this, but we're like, our kids are the most important things in our lives and we'll do everything for our kids or we'll do everything for our parents or our partners or whatever. Um, but then we're just spending so much time at work or focusing on our business or, you know, focusing on ourselves or whatever. And, you know, our our kids might be there in the room or our family member or our partner might be there in the room, but we're not giving them kind of that time or attention. And, you know, where your attention goes, that's where things grow. And if you don't have, again, the time, then how are you building that relationship? And, And people will are eventually going to get the hint and get the message. Um, and on both ends, you got to be okay with it. You got to, you got to accept that it's not, it's not really about having time. It's about making time. And I want to know what is something that you really learned this last year? What is something that, um, really changed you or shaped you or an important lesson that you are taking into 2024? that's all for today thank you guys for rolling with me for riding with me i'm excited for season two and make sure that you follow us on the blue room podcast on instagram send me a dm and we're looking forward to chatting with you soon